conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. Hey everyone, I was hoping to get this message put together sooner, but things like this unfortunately take time to set up. I just want to say that the acts of war against Ukraine break my heart, and I know as a prior service member myself that my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's fighting the fight that they really shouldn't have to. That being said, we have been working behind the scenes with all of our podcasts and podcast partners to put a fund together in order to pay for any refugee housing and other needs that go alongside that, like food, water, and any clothing needs. Internally, many podcasts in the Hospitality FM network have voluntarily given up sponsorship money in order to donate to the cause and are working on a unified message in order to spread throughout all of our podcasts. So this is me calling out to all of our property manager friends, industry experts, and anyone knowing of those providing lodging for Ukrainian refugees seeking safety. You can contact me directly at will, with one L, W-I-L, at slicktalkmedia.com. We have an internal document that is being updated in real time. So if anyone could share this message within your network, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm also placing in the show notes a link to our GoFundMe and landing page for Rentals to Rescue. That's rentals.torescue.com, where we're putting funds together in order to, again, provide finances for any of these lodging and relocation needs. So thank you so much for tuning into this quick message. I hope you guys are all well and safe, as I know we have tons of listeners in Ukraine and other countries in in Europe. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. What is going on? Uh Michael, do you have beer today or uh or coffee or anything? I've got some sparkling water. Sparkling uh, water. And pizza box next to me. And <laughs> a <The> pizza. Golden. <laughs> Golden, you got your coffee? You know, I just have water right now. I, I probably should get one, but maybe after the show. All right, gentlemen, we're back. It's another beautiful Monday morning or Monday afternoon. Monday afternoon. <laughs> um, we got a fun topic today. A lot of uh, a lot of our first, you know, our first three episodes have uh, kind of led to this moment. We've talked about COVIDpreneurs and trends and subscription travel and recovery and all these other things. And now, uh, now we're seeing lots and lots of news going towards, you know, travels growth and people feeling more comfortable and kind of like the post COVID-19 world. So I'm excited to, uh, to talk about this with you guys. Um, we're seeing, you know, airlines picked up about 10% uh, 
um, with um, with Pfizer announcing, you know, a 90% effective COVID-19 um, vaccine. So I'm kind of curious to just start off the podcast and the, the live stream with um, what you guys are are thinking what's going on like what do you uh what do you what do you see this uh transpiring to yeah i'll i'll kick this off michael if that's all right um so i I think it's a a, it's an interesting place that we're in the the world is so eager and ready to to travel and seize the, the promise of the near future with travel Coupled with last week, the UK going back into pretty strict lockdowns in other parts of Europe. Um, And then coupling that with, I was down in Florida over the weekend, and Florida, basically the virus doesn't exist down there, it seems. Uh, There's no masks, there's no social distancing. It's, It's more or less life as we knew it in 2019. Um, And then you know, it's, it's kind of weird to see all of these three things happening pretty much the same day um, where I, I'm talking with friends in Europe or in, in London who have hunkered back down for the next month and no more trips to the bar, no more, you know, social gatherings or, or anything like that. And, um, and, and in the news of the vaccine and how much that's triggered the hope of the future. And you can see that in the markets today, Delta's up. 20%, Norwegian cruise lines is up 25%, Marriott's up 20%. I think everyone's eager and ready to travel um, and just waiting for some good news. And I think I think at least for, for those of us in America, that good news seems to be right around the corner. Whereas I know it's probably hard to see through the fog, you know, this being the first Monday back in lockdown in, in parts of Europe. So Michael, what's your take on on some of that? You probably have very different views or, or lenses on what we're seeing. Well, first, it started with this the, the news which just came up that body fucks. And if you see what's happening, you just mentioned, I saw just KLM 32% up. And so I think a lot of people get hope again. I think that's also really important. People just, they only see messages about how many people get, how many cases, how many people die, yeah. et cetera. So people just, and they just, it was only going up, especially here in Europe, it was going going up. A few days ago was the highest numbers of cases ever. So it keeps going up. And I think now like a message like this gives people a lot of hope. And people say, okay, there's might be a light at the end of the tunnel. So let's, let's hope it will proceed like this and people get hope. And, and here in Europe, almost everything is into lockdown, right? It's just, I went to the mountains in the weekend. I just really had to escape from home. And you see everything on your road, it just, it's closed. It just... It just it's it's silent and we went for a walk and, and then there is a castle and it's even completely you can even come closer that like they do everything to avoid crowd. It's it is weird, right? So it's I hope things become now uh, people get more hope and, and uh, the vaccine will come as soon as possible so people can travel again. And I think today is is important. People see the hope again. So let's let's make sure it will uh, it will happen. Uh, more and more people around you, you see they they getting it right. So it is it is scary stuff that's happening, but I think now we see some some hope, and that's super important. And lockdown, it's yeah. I think people now they're getting really tired of sitting at home, and and they want to get out. It's in, it's we all. I think the people listening now in this podcast and and uh, all of us, they were just we're in this business because we love hospitality, we love travel, and 
I'm just so eager and just can't wait to travel again. So let's let's hope. Uh, I think hope we all had for a long time, but now it seems to be everything come uh, come back to to normal maybe sooner than uh, than we uh, we were thinking. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think um, uh, for me, I'm such a social creature that lockdown was cool for the first two or three weeks because I wasn't traveling and I was spending a lot of time at home and, and with the family. But I, as much as I love that time, I also need social interaction and I enjoy meeting new people and going new places. And yeah, I think for me, I, I don't know if I've ever felt more re-energized coming back from a vacation than I than I am from this one I, I went down to Florida from this past weekend because that that craving for human interaction was finally met and and then all this news of you know that the, the light at the end of the tunnel is there is huge so mm -hmm. I, I know. There's a lot, a lot of people like me, I'm sure, that are um, just cannot wait until the vaccine opens things up and, and lets us lets us get out and and back to normal. I mean, I know a lot of people hate conferences, but man, I love them, and <laughs> I cannot wait until there's another in-person conference. Um, virtual conferences are are a mandatory substitute, but it's nowhere near what what value and enjoy you can get from doing it in person well you still think because that's one of the conference i was talking to um i'm not going to mention name because they might change their plans but there was i was talking to those guys of a conference and actually it was also planned for next year november and I asked them do you think it will be like a normal conference again like you did before they said okay probably no because we have to plan those things ahead and we just don't know how quick we can recover so probably even next year november conference will be virtually so even because they have to plan a long time up front so i think before conference come back it will take a while because the whole planning up front so i think the first conference even though the vaccine is coming and it might be there in the beginning of the new year um i still think the first conference will take place maybe the end of the year or maybe even later, uh, later uh, maybe even later yeah i was gonna say we've been talking like for the last what seven or eight months about you know the road to recovery what's going to look like for travel hotels vacation rentals restaurants all the above and now that time is kind of finally here and so it's interesting to see all the procedures and things we put in place throughout the last you know seven to eight months um come into effect into a full circle and speaking of conferences, we were, uh, all three of us <laughs> got the light shining in your eyes, Michael. Yeah, the sun finally <laughs> came out, man, it's uh, drunk. <laughs> well, uh, we were, we're all, all three of us were involved in the host conference. And um, we, you know, um, Michael Ross, you're talking about how um, tech can enhance, uh, you know, the, the guest, the, you know, the travel experience, obviously, if we utilize more, more tech and then, um, uh, Michael Gold and I, we had a session discussing uh, what we've learned from opening and reopening and, and what lockdowns look like. And so I think to see it now come to the point of, all right, we've been talking about this for seven or eight months. Let's let's start executing. And and that light at the end of the tunnel seems seems more more and more close. And so now it's becoming like a reality. It's not just talk of recovery; it's actual recovery in action, which is mm -hmm. really cool. Well, I think what happened. Like, like, 
chaos and, and people just they try to reduce costs. I think when there's messages like this, they might look open to again hire people. Not if they were thinking should I fire hire, uh, what should I do? I think now they have this positive message. So we'll be creating also more uh, more employment and, and creating another work for development. So I think it's really important now that there's some positivity because for sure there were companies that were just doubting should we just lay off more people or not. And now messages like this could keep their jobs as well. So I think it's good there's some positive news uh, now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's a, that's a good point. Companies going through second rounds of layoffs might reconsider. Um, yeah. We we saw right at the beginning of, of all this and the first wave of lockdowns happening, lots of companies let a ton of people go. And then, especially in the traditional rental markets, they opened back up and, and were booking well ahead of pace of last year. And they didn't have enough staff because they had just laid so many people off. And, and so I think, you know, we've learned some lessons We'll, we'll have to continue to be flexible and nimble for the, the foreseeable future. But yeah, I think uh, news like this can hopefully help companies predict. Now, how fast does Pfizer get it out and how fast is it distributed and mm -hmm. how many people actually take it is a, a different story. Like, well, uh, and 90% is not like, it's a high number, but there's still 10% that it doesn't work on or that is still kind yeah, of questioning. numbers, like, yeah. you know, maybe 10% of the world has gotten this by now and it's 90% effective and mm -hmm. the death rate is 1% or, or less. Like you're, you're talking super, super low numbers and, yeah. and, you know, if you're still a vulnerable group, then you should probably still be cautious, like yeah. whether you did it or not. One, one thing I, I found interesting, and I'm curious your take, Michael, on both the Netherlands and, and Poland, um, but the 60 Minutes did a, a piece on the vaccine and last night, and only 40% of healthcare workers, I think mm -hmm. in New Jersey, said that they would take the vaccine. Mm -hmm. What would this sentiment be in in the Netherlands? Does it differ in Poland? Like, I think a lot of Americans are excited about the vaccine, but also a little skeptical that it was probably the fastest vaccine ever developed and maybe maybe not tested as as in depth as others. Well, I think it's a bit similar. I don't know all the details of the healthcare workers, but it just people are really like in general skeptical. The same like me. Like, do you want to take the first? Uh, round of vaccines, or you're just going to wait a while. And I think it's the same with people in, in healthcare. So I think everybody in general has this still this this fear: like, is it is it good? Is it uh, it might work against uh, the COVID nineteen? But is is what could happen after? And even though they now say no, there will be probably no extra. Uh, um, uh, you'll be pretty okay after, but still, you don't know. Uh, I would probably not take the first batch but i don't know how you think about it but i, was I don't want to either and, and i don't think any of us on this call are, are the demographic that would need it um neither for our jobs nor our risky people category so yeah i mean i i hate that other people will probably be the, the scapegoats or or the the tests the larger tests because the first will go, the first batch will go to healthcare workers by the same in, in here so yeah 
Let, let's see. But uh, for sure, people will be skeptics. Okay, I'll just I will skip for now. <laughs> Give me the second or third batch or, or later on. Or yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But so that being said, do you think that European countries or the EU in general is going to require having the vaccine to travel or some sort of documentation? A documentation for sure that that you can just show like a test before, especially in the beginning. It's the same now, right? So this might still be the case that you can show paper that you had the vaccine or that you did a test, whatever, 48 hours before you departure. So I think this will stay for a while because I think still they want to reduce, right? And that's why the closing borders, etc. Right? There's restrictions and etc. So if, for example, I want to drive from Poland to Holland. I can't stay over in Germany. I have to drive in one time. So there's a lot of restrictions still for foreigners, right? So this will remain for a while that there is okay. Every country, and that's still the, the, the bad thing in here, every country has their own regulations. So and I don't know how it's in the US if it's regulated per state, but there's completely different rules in Poland than in Germany and then in the Netherlands, right? So it's completely, completely different. And also you see some different trends. In Poland, it was for a long time, it was pretty stable. Of course, there were cases, and now it went sky high if you compare. So it's like 28,000 cases in Poland per day. If you just see, for example, Netherlands, there was a wave, and then it went down, and there's a second wave. So there's also some different trends, um, and there's no consistency in like how they're responding on this. So that's a difficulty. I, I You would say that in Europe, you have your European Union, that you just take some some... Uh, actions together, but this is, I'm surprised this is not really happening so far. Well, at the beginning of all this, um, I I was talking to a buddy and it's like, this is the world's best anthropological study. Like everybody's approaching it in different ways and no one knows the right answer. Like mm -hmm. only two years from now, will we know if the things that Sweden did were better than the things in Korea were better than the things in America. Like mm -hmm. we, we don't know, and we probably won't until we can have a retrospective lens on, on it. Um, and while it might be problematic or challenging that every country, every city, every state has different rules, mm -hmm. it's also helps us probably figure out the best way of doing this in the future. Um, if we all did the same thing and we would never have a, a control group or different studies going on. So, um, you know, when something like this happens again, and I'm sure it will at some point, hopefully not in our life, but you know, it's maybe another, another hundred years. But regarding Sweden, indeed, because first, of course, case in Sweden, they went down and, and then I would say, you see, the, the approach of Sweden is perfect. Then the case went up and then there were people dying. Like, you see, the approach was bad. And then yeah. again, went down, no people dying. You see, the approach was good. So it's just, it's difficult. What is the right approach? Many of us and those the people who had made the decisions around it, they were never in a, in a situation like this. And the only thing is like in Europe, there is no consistency between the countries. And if you're traveling from place A to B, even your neighbor countries, you can make some arrangements or you can discuss something, right? If you see that people from, from country A, they can't travel to country B, which is next to it, but everybody from the other country, they can, they're, they're able to let in. So it's a, it's a mix. And I would just say, take some restrictions to help each other a bit. And um, yeah, it, it, it is sometimes I feel like it's, everybody's creating their own rules. When I said in Poland, there were there was almost not many cases in March, and everybody was obliged to wear a mask. 
Netherlands, they were going up and nobody is still wearing a mask in there because they don't have to. They want to make it obligatory, but people just say, yeah, but as soon as it's not obligatory, I'm not doing it. But in other countries say, okay, I will use a mask because it might it might help, even though it might help only 1%, I will still do it. So you see also the way of thinking of people is completely different. And this is also what you can see between countries, right? How serious do they take it? If 1% could, if it could only help 1%, are you going to wear a mask? I would do yes, but there are a lot of people that know if the case is 99% will uh, not work, I'm not going to wear a mask. So this is also the, the huge difference, I think, in, in, uh, in countries, how they are thinking about those kind of things. How does this yeah. in the US, Florida nowhere is wearing a mask, but is it obligatory in the US? Uh, in the US, it's, it's up to states and cities. So the, right. government, the national government can't make laws like that, mm -hmm. um, but state and local governments can. Yeah. And the Florida governor said it's up to the, the the business, and the business gets to make the choice of if people can come inside with or without masks. And you know, at the end of the day, um, whatever rules you make, they're going to be broken. Um, so it doesn't matter what country in the world you're in. There, there's certainly societies that follow more rules than others. Um, but yeah, it's it. I, I'm glad the we don't, I don't want to get into it, but I'm glad the election is over because now decisions can be made apolitically and actually for the best of the people and not trying to get reelected or having some talking points for the next debate. So I, and then Pfizer, I mean, this must have been planned. Like, well, as soon as the president's announced, then we'll say we've got a vaccine or, or the study will yeah. come out. Well, they should inform uh, a bit before the press release because then I should buy some shares. But in this case, unfortunately, I wasn't in a group of friends of them that they informed me before because ABC went up and yeah. <laughs> went down as well. It's, it's, so no, I will buy some KLMs of 32% out. But yeah, this, they didn't call me before, unfortunately. Yeah, nobody called me either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm kind of curious though, like we've talked about like trends and certain things going on in the industry. Do you think this, like, we're going to see a lot of this disappear now with the post like COVID-19 world with vaccines coming into place and people getting more comfortable not having to social distance as much? I think a bit also, like there's more and more people around me and probably around you as well who has it now or, or had it. So I think after a while, and I said, no, actually I just recovered. It was okay. People's okay. Even though I will get it, I see with, with my friends, they had it, they're fine now. So. At the end, why should I take? I can take a risk. It doesn't matter so much. As soon as you know people and you're in your, in your, in your in friends and uh, who recovered and they're feeling good, it's okay. Probably the consequences after they're not so bad. Or so I think it's also the longer it takes, the people get used to it. Um, of course, it's still a bit fear. Like, okay, what? How does it affect on long term? That's what we don't know. But yeah, I think most important, like I think hotels and and the industry in general is they woke up probably and they say okay we just have to implement some things also if it happens again michael said it could happen and i would not be surprised if it will be in our in our life will happen again because it we're living so close to each other that is it's so crowded in here and these events and everything it could spread so quickly if you see when it, it landed here in, in europe or the same in the us as soon how quickly it spread around so yes it could happen before and i think it's good that we are more prepared than we were this time hopefully yeah hopefully. yeah <laughs> well then like it comes back to flexibility too we've talked about that on the show and a lot throughout like the last few months so 
flexibility and understanding that when travel picks up to the, you know, close to, or if not better than 2019 levels, then, you know, being prepared and having these things that we've learned throughout, you know, lockdowns and subscription models and, you know, the, what the new travel is looking like, maybe, um, we'll be, like you said, be more prepared and be flexible to implement things faster than we did in, you know, March and April. Well, a few things would start at right? subscriptions. We just discussed TripAdvisor announced it and more and more companies, they go into subscriptions. We did already some time ago. So I think this is a trend that will, uh, will, will still happen. And the same if you're looking at smart blocks and everything related to contactless, et cetera. Yeah, this will remain and this will only accelerate. It woke up a lot of people and distribution and et cetera. So I think, um, yeah, as I mentioned before, the hospitality saw what could happen, how it could be affected. So for sure, they will just take care. I mentioned before, booking at was maybe filling their properties before, but they were not able in those days as well. So this is okay. We just have to look at different distribution channels. We'd have to look at maybe different revenue management, et cetera. So I think a lot of properties also what you see in different conferences, you well, you both both you attending a few of me as well. It's so really the discussion there was innovation. I think innovation was, was key those ones. It will yeah. only be still on top of the agenda of many, many hotels and, and, uh, and property managers. Yeah. And we're, I mean, like it's all hopeful at this point, but we're not out of the woods right now. And I, I saw something recently that the UK is losing $80 million every single day from a lack of tourism. Wow. And I mean, that, that money adds up. Uh, Obviously, pretty quickly, and when you're you're saying you'll be locked in for a month, if we're being honest, they're probably going to be locked in through the end of the year. Um, I, I hope that's not the case, but you know, 14 days to slow the spread certainly turned into six yeah. months uh, in a lot of places. So I, I would expect that to be longer than in a month, and it's still going to be just crushing a lot of these travel companies until people are, are comfortable traveling again. So financially, we're not out of the woods yet. There is light at the end of the tunnel. If you've got a good business, and you've got revenue coming in, you'll be able to make it through. Um, but a lot of these trends are going to be sticking. Working from home is going to stick and that enables people to, to work from anywhere. And, you know, Michael needs better internet to work from his places, uh, <laughs> but you know, a lot of people have done it and there's zero reason to not you know, pick up and, and go somewhere for a week or two weeks and work from there. Oh, well, yeah. I want to get your feedback on something. It just popped into my mind actually and surprised me. There was a hotel chain, also in the Netherlands, a friend of mine stayed there last days and actually they gave kind of a card with a QR code actually, and you could scan it to donate some money because on the message on the card was written, we had really hard times, uh, Corona hit us really badly. Do you want to donate some money? For me, it was a bit strange actually to, to ask for a donation on this. I don't know what's your opinion on this, but I was so surprised. And he said, yeah. well, really asked, well, to be honest, Airbnb I did this. Sorry? Um, Airbnb did this where they sent out a note to if I had stayed in yeah. your unit and it said, donate money to Michael um, and appreciate him. And they got crushed. Yeah. Um, public perception of that was very bad. And, and so they swept it under the rug and acted like it never happened. Mm -hmm. uh, look, I, 
when I do go out, uh, I'm certainly tipping more and being more like open with um, helping the hospitality space. But that's that's probably a bit past the, the comfort zone for for me. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Like when Airbnb did that, I know uh, that yeah they got destroyed on the the host side and and the uh, the traveler side. Uh, especially with the cancellation thing that happened in in the beginning um, and full refunds. But I, yeah, I think uh, like Michael just said too, I, I am, I'm more like, I'm going to be generous with the staff and like with how I'm tipping. And of course, like not, not going to be yeah. looking for any, any, you know, crazy. I like just this weekend, I stayed at the W in Seattle and I'm not looking for any crazy, like cheap rates because I already know their rates are as low as I can probably find it right mm-hmm. now. Um, and so like, sorry, you didn't book a video. Yeah, I did. You guys said, uh, you guys said you didn't, uh, you know, have the biggest, biggest U S market. So I was just, you know, (laughs) using, using using my Bonvoy points over here. Um, but, um, but no, like just stay like, I think, huh? (laughs) I said, are you blushing? Just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I got bedroom on my phone. It's all good. Um, but what was I saying? You guys got me off, all flustered. Um, staying at the W not shopping. Oh yeah. 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 Like, so, but if I was staying at a place and they, they were asking for donations, I would kind of be probably feeling a little uncomfortable, like not to, not going to be obliged to do that. But if I'm staying there and you know, like, obviously we're in the industry, so we know kind of how hard it is. We know the staff, especially on the ground, like at the front desk or housekeeping or maintenance or whatever, um, you know, are, are having a harder than the executives probably are or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm definitely more generous in that area, but having a QR code for a donation might throw me off a little bit. Yeah, no, the same. I was surprised when he sent me, he's like, this is, I think it's too much. It's something, what you said, if you just give a good tip or to the people there, that's, yeah. I think everybody's going to do this. This is nice to do, but to kind of almost begging for money, I think it's, it's not good. Yeah, well, I'm curious to see how long. Now, when was this that you saw that they had that QR code, like the or the the donation? So I was really surprised. I don't see how long. See how much longer their doors are open. Yeah, they're, they're probably uh, they're struggling okay. a little bit harder than most. Yeah. Probably seems to be. Yeah, well, I think this is a good uh, good good uh, ending note. You know, get a. Got some good final thoughts out there for uh, for any of the audience members tuning in. Yeah, I think we we're not out of the woods yet. There's there's certainly a long way to go, but the the light is is shining off in the distance. So uh, I'm certainly hopeful that we can travel again pseudo normally next year. Um, Q1 is probably unrealistic, but Q2 might might be a, a stretch goal it, it might be possible so uh hopefully all of it gets back to normal and and a lot of the trends are are good for hospitality uh, the the work from home trend certainly will help all of us in hospitality long term um so yeah yeah aim that the second quarter of next year we can start traveling again and we can meet each other instead of behind their webcams just meet each other and do a live session somewhere will be uh, will be really fun i'm just oh, thinking oh, what i'm sorry 
I'll tell her. Uh, 187. What is it? 61? Well, uh, 1.86. 1.86. Okay. Yep. All right. So I, I thought I you'd be like that. I remind something because we talked about the video membership actually. And when I started the company, actually, we just we created kind of a, a promo code that just came to my mind actually. And then I had to build, so I want to make something which I could remember uh, forever, right? So actually, I generated MRFP20. So the people listening now, if you're typing and making video membership and using MRFP20, you have a free bedroom membership. So this is a gift from my from this side. But actually, why I could remember this code was actually Michael was for president in 2020. So actually, yeah, I didn't become president now, unfortunately, but it's uh, I'm president of my own company, which is also cool. But actually, I just made this code five years ago. And actually, I just came to a mind this actually it's a nice one to, to share now after the election. So if people give me RFP20, they have a free membership. Michael Ross for president, P? Yeah, for P. Okay. <laughs> well, it's All funny, right. just don't mind, I built it five years ago, this promo code, because otherwise I can't remember. I mean, those things are just a pretty bad memory. So it's a, a nice one to All share. Right. Well, I'm going to Austin next week, so I will we'll use that. Cool. Yeah, my next one, I promise I'll, I'll use you guys. I, I won't, I won't <laughs> go the other round. Again. <laughs> cool. Thanks, guys. Looking right. for instant value for the listeners today.